You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. The entire crew is here. Uh, we got Josh a better microphone this week, so that's going to be good as well. Uh, welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, we are back. Josh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I am not holding this microphone, so that is the greatest joy of my life to not... You know me. I, I want my hands free to do, well, whatever I want to do, especially during basketball. Uh, not, I thought we weren't going to get into that. <laughs> hey, there's, there should be no basketball talk. Nothing, nothing has happened in the last week. I asked a question last week, and I just shut it down. I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff going on today. Um, we have uh, the newest member of the Sooner Scoop crew just sitting here looking at us like a freak. Uh, Ryan King is our newest uh, member of Sooner Scoop. He may tell you about himself. We're going to make him sit in the corner until we're ready to bring him on the pod. Uh, so uh, we've also got coming up uh, the... Are you, are, you, are you guys out there? Are you winners? Are you victorious? Over Orange Bloods, have you beaten their shrimp counts? Da, 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 da. We have the results of that as well. Uh, but we're all getting ready to head down to Big 12 Media Days. It has started this morning. Uh, none of us give a shit about Oklahoma State or Baylor, so we're going tomorrow. Well, there's um, just nothing to get out of it for us. The only thing was that... No, there's literally nothing to get out of it. Well, the only question was, and it was asked and stuff. answered yeah. about OU Texas accelerating their exit what's he supposed to say well him saying that he's open to it like he doesn't sound like a jilted lover or like he's bitter like he's oh if it's he's coming into make, this thing he's a smart business exactly he's a yeah. smart business but man. that he's, you he's needed to Bob hear Bowlesby. that you needed to hear that it, you shouldn't we've been conditioned to working with an idiot for a commissioner so i think that that's probably the biggest difference it was good to hear from him though I mean, yeah, I, I, that's what everybody wanted to hear, though, that they're open to allowing Oklahoma and Texas to leave early if it's best for all parties. So. I think that it, and we talked about this a little bit last week, it's a situation that if you're an OU or Texas fan, you want to see the Big 12 go get as many teams as possible and burn this thing down to the ground as quickly as possible, right? And not burn it down, but they would be enhancing themselves. Yes. You want to see them go get those Pac-12 teams. Well, and what you what you really need is you need whoever it is, Fox, ESPN, to tell the, the, the Pac-12 that they are not going to get a whole lot of money moving forward from television networks. So the, that can at least jumpstart them seeking you know elsewhere. The worst thing that would happen for OU or Texas, as it stands right now, would be the Pac-12 and the ACC merging. Right. Or having Bingo, some type right. of Bingo. agreement through media rights. Because I think that would mean that the Big 12 would want to 
hold on as long as they can. Right. The the buyout doesn't mean as much for them if they're renegotiating some type of media rights. And I don't understand. I mean, look, I understand how college presidents sometimes think, uh, which I could see them thinking something stupid like, well, the ACC has Notre Dame and everything but football. Uh, So that would be very prestigious if the ACC and us partnered together and made a new conference. Forgetting the fact that they don't have football and that's all that matters. All that matters is football. That's it. Oh, you don't mean, you don't think that the uh, water polo team at Stanford is going to have any effect into what happens over the next 25 years of college athletics? Only time, yeah, no. I, I wanted to come no, up with something no. smart ass to say, but. You should have just said that you were pro drowning. <laughs> that would be interesting to me. <laughs> You've worked on this, apparently. No, I haven't. That's a sad thing. Uh,. I was no, gonna, it, it was it, it was it was interesting to hear from uh, your Mac this morning or your Mark, Mark this morning. It, a, you gotta you gotta you know wade your way into. I know games. that Oklahoma fans were a little bit uh, pissed off about like Bob Bowlesby going. Did he take shots at Oklahoma? Uh, didn't With the Rose say Bowl, them, the Rose Bowl thing. Uh, didn't say Oklahoma softball by name for winning the national championship because both OU and Texas played in the national championship. I think he said something to the effect of the Big Twelve won the softball championship. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's a little bit pissed off. But even going back to last year when he caught all the shit for what he said at Big 12 Media Days, what was he supposed to say? Even if he had an idea, what was he supposed to Bob say? Bob Bowlesby is the least calm, cool, and collected person. Like, he just puts you to sleep with his boring speaking. But he's really just an asshole behind all that stuff, I think. We have gotten fireworks from uh, Mike Gundy this morning. Really? He's on the dais right now. He is, I know. I at this second, I yes. was predicting that he would be the guy that everyone would want to hear from. Because, I mean, who else is going to step up and say something? Like Mike Gundy always does the thing. Like, uh, you know, it's not my business to you know get in conference matters and stuff. But then he's then he makes it his business to get in conference matter stuff. Like he's famous for doing that. Uh, and I would love to know what he said. Quote, and this is on uh, the future of the Oklahoma rivalry. Quote, the future, is, uh, the future is Bedlam is there's a year or two left. I mean, that's the future of Bedlam based on somebody else's decision, end quote. Hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's good. That's the that good is, stuff. I mean, it's not Oklahoma State that did this, so I don't, I don't have any problem with that. It's I mean, going to be really funny if like, we keep going down these roads of uh, you know, expansion or realignment or whatever, it, and then ultimately if Oklahoma State's invited to the SEC – are they like with with based on what they've said out of Stillwater over the last two years? They would say no, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, they would say yes, absolutely. We'll we'll take it. No, I, for principles. I mean, and I get it. Oh, you fans would be acting the same way if it was the if the roles were reversed. So, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna poke the Oklahoma fan base. It's gonna reinvigorate the Oklahoma State fan base, and that's exactly what these moments are for, right? This is this is why you have. Big 12 media days, which is the most inconvenient, like, it's the dumbest thing that we do. But I understand it's the gateway to the football season. Right. I, it's just like asking players, and I told you yesterday about this, Bob. It's like asking players on July 14th about something that they're not even going to start practicing for. At least three weeks. At least yeah. three weeks is well, just it, ridiculous. It, it used to be that Big 12 media days were like, they coincided with the end of summer workouts. Like, so then you were at least know you were two weeks away from the start of camp, and then 
everybody started moving theirs up and it became a rush to move yourself. Oh, we got to be in ahead of the SEC because the SEC made theirs earlier than everybody's and they got all this media attention and everybody got jealous. So then the Big 12 started leapfrogging the SEC. I think at one point they actually had media days on the same... They, they like, crossed over like they were at the same time. They probably did, especially with SEC going four days. Yeah. So there's <laughs> a good chance you, you run into that. Mike is, Gundy still just going at it. The Big 12 is better off today than it was this time last year. He's just the maestro right oh, now. Oh, man. He's the maestro. That's I love it. It's good stuff. This is why people love college sports, though, isn't it? I mean, Oklahoma State fans will eat it up. He's sticking up for the conference. He's sticking up for everything that they feel is right. Oklahoma fans will hate it. They're going to, well, he can't beat Oklahoma. You know, it'll be, it's the, it's the best. And it's July. He should be glad that Oklahoma's leaving because he can't beat them. Exactly. It's the best. Are we recording? Yes. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I don't, I don't think that's going to not be funny for quite a while, Kerry. I really hate to break Put that, that on a shirt. <laughs> we recording. We're recording. You don't get 50% of that shirt <laughs> for my screw-up. We're, we're going we're gonna to donate that to the suicide prevention hotline. Right, right. My suicide prevention hotline. <laughs> exactly. We're just going to have a... The other have half a, goes to you, but the other... On-call person for me until this office is finished. Uh, okay, so we'll be up there tomorrow. Um, and it's going to be interesting, I think, for Brent Venables because he's going he's gonna to basically be the representative and and Sarkeesian as well they're kind of going to get the questions from the non-Texas and Oklahoma media of uh how do you feel about what you've done to this conference or they're gonna are we I guess fine no we won't be will we like we'll get the Oklahoma and Texas will get the is this is your program ready for the SEC and stuff yes I can already tell you what stock answers is going to be and it, it, this is not going to be the exact answer because I don't think Ethan Downs would ever say this, but it's going to be, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, how does that affect me? But somebody will write a story about it and it'll be a big deal and it'll be headlines and everybody will talk about it. At least with OU, the, you know, tomorrow, the most interesting part is going to just be the newness of everything. And I think we've, it, that's been rehashed over and over Even again, for right? Brent. Just, right. just for Brent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we've, it's been different because we've seen it. Kind of, we've been on the inside a little bit more getting to see practices. I mean, getting to watch like 45 minutes of practice. So, you know, and, and spending all, you know, the caravans being back, getting to see what Brent's message was. Like, we know what Brent's message is. Uh, Maybe we can get him to talk about football. You know, maybe that happens someday. So maybe that'll happen tomorrow. We got 20 minutes press conference and a 30 minute breakout to try. You guys really should like get there early and read the riot act to the room. Like guys, don't ask him anything that he can go on for 20. He will fill up the whole time (laughs) in one answer. Knock it off. Be real Good luck, careful. Coach. If you ask about the soul program, I will stab you in the <laughs> neck with a knife. Yes. Not that I don't think the soul program is awesome or anything. It's a fantastic thing. But Brent's already talked about that. Yep. Many times over. And it's a soapbox issue. Like, it is easy for him to get on. I mean, and again, I get I mean, it. I hope, excited about I hope it. That's fine. But let's talk football. Hopefully there's a little bit, crow, you know, a little bit of crowing from him. 
just about the way things have gone in recruiting, like, you know, and, and mm-hmm. kind of basically saying, here's the benchmark. We're going to stick to it and meet it. And even though there's been a lot of you know, belly aching and, and, and criticism right now, as things sit, he can say, look, I was right to stick to my guns on that stuff. I think that will be interesting. I don't think he'll come out and say it like that, but I think he will like, he can be led down that path, right? Yeah. Yep. As far as if questioning and no, I, <laughs> but I, I, I definitely think that there is a, you know, there is a gateway that he can get there for it. And I, I think that he would take that opportunity because by all means, over the last couple of weeks, a lot has changed for what Oklahoma has done and kind of his philosophy and what they're trying to build. Well, it's because he believes so much in it. Sure. Like he truly like thinks this can work in 2022, even though so many are skeptical and it sounds like even some recruits aren't sure if this is really going to work. But when he's that step, you know, hard nosed about it, you could definitely see him kind of not take a victory lap, but you, you can embrace what's happened last two, three weeks. No doubt about it. It, it should be like, you know, I, again, I think it's ridiculous that we're going to be talking to these guys on July 14th, asking about like the upcoming season, but at the same time, you know, just hearing from like the uh, what was it called the what what did Dylan Gabriel call their retreat dime retreat the dime retreat or whatever dime I, I time think retreat that kind of stuff is interesting just for the fact that didn't see Spencer Sand or Spencer uh, Rattler taking people to go do that kind of stuff now maybe they did and we just don't know about it but it definitely seems like those types huh. of Spencer <laughs> Rattler wouldn't have put it up on social media come on yeah that's true. <laughs> we know that. that's true. It would have been gonna say, it would have been sponsored by a car company. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, he just does dirty work heart in the dark. What is the saying? Dirty, dirty work hard work done, done in the dark. Done in the dark or something. Yeah. Am am I crazy to think that needs to be workshopped a little bit? Like surely we can come up with something a little <laughs> Well, no, I, I, cleaner I, is a perfect word. Well, someone, get rich or die trying was already someone, uh, taken. Someone had mm-hmm. a great idea, and that is for Eddie to have that slogan on a t-shirt oh i think that's the greatest idea smoking a cigarette with a bunch of singles in his hand i think that's the greatest idea in maybe the history of the world <laughs> that might we might need to push I'm that to the, that front, the forefront yeah that might be pushed to the forefront we can make that happen right now we need that can I that smoke phrase in just got no that phrase just, just got introduced though we need to let it marinate a little bit. oh it's marinated it's been marinating out Is there for a couple weeks. hard work done in the dark? Oh, we need to look at the t-shirt that they've been wearing during their workouts. What about one of those uh, things like where you have that emblem, but then my face is like inside of the emblem? I could do that. You know what I mean? Like not not transparent, but... Uh, Ghosted in there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that'd look good. But smoking a cigarette. Right. For prop purposes. You just spend a lot of time with your family. You probably got a lot of... A lot of, uh, are you smoking still, Edward? No, because I don't ever. It's for props. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, outside of that, I mean, let me ask you guys this. Let's just talk about like what player that's going. I mean, is it just, it seems like it's easy. Dylan Gabriel's guy. Dylan Gabriel, but I would say almost say Marvin Mims just for the fact that I, and this was kind of explored during the spring, but will he talk about it? Will about, he, like, will, will he dig into Will he it? talk about if things were different and Lincoln Riley was still here, would he have said Sayonara? Or just like his mental health. It sounded like his mental health was an issue. Yeah. Like just where he was at coming well, at the end of that season. I think a lot of those guys were just kind of messed up a little bit just because everything that happened over the course of the year, like 
last year obviously offensively wasn't what they expected. No. It was maybe one of the more disappointing seasons in, you know, recent OU history, just as far as what everybody thought that thing was going to be. And then all of a sudden you look up in the fourth quarter of the first game of the season and they're trying to get a stop against Tulane. Uh, and then that like it almost like they just never got on track. And you have to wonder, like, it's easy to look back on it and say, like, oh, maybe this is the reason why. And, you know, it's because the coach had a, a foot out the door in some regard, even if that wasn't necessarily the case. They had I mean, they had to feel I mean, they did. I mean, it's just human nature. They they felt a lot like the fans did. Yeah. Yes. It'll be nice to talk to those guys like in five, ten years when they have more perspective. Yeah, and are free to say Definitely. what they want. To. It's just—it's it, so interesting to me. And you know, we talked about this way back during the spring, just how different the vibe felt. Uh, and it, like, it, it, I guess maybe this just means I'm a shitty journalist, which I know. But it's also one of those things. It's like, how many different ways can you ask? Like, what the f- was going on? Yeah. Like, why mm-hmm. is it so different? Why why can you put a finger on now that we're five, six months removed from this? Why is it so different? Why does it feel like this team is a lot closer? Is it just from a simplicity standpoint of everything is new and there hasn't been a whole lot of adversity quite yet? Or is everything truly different right now? Like, is this team closer to winning a national championship today than they were a year ago when seemingly on paper, everything would tell you last year's team was a lot closer. Well, now they have a grown up as their coach. I mean, is that, is it as simple as that? I, I'll say this. I mean, that's kind it, of a, there's obviously discipline within the program. No, and I think that I mean, is seriously, I think, they haven't had any arrest during this summer. I, and I me, joke about it. Let me talk. <laughs> Can I talk my thing. Oh, that's rich. <laughs> You're not on the radio enough as it is. I d- believe me. I'd rather kill myself. Uh, no, I, I think what you see when you see with Brent is you see militaristic structure. Like, you didn't see that with Lincoln. Lincoln, it was, you know, everybody, you know, everybody, you know, just do your thing. Be your, players be coach. yourself. Yeah, I'm a players coach. You know, we work hard around here, but there was no real muscle behind it. Like, it was, it was more like a guy, and I've said this before, Lincoln doesn't know what he doesn't know as a head coach. I mean, he just does. I mean, like Brent knows a hell of a lot more about coaching and winning a championship and what that really takes. And he lives that stuff. I mean, like we joke about not getting, not being able to get him to shut up. You can't get him to shut up because he loves talking about, he loves reinforcing his belief system. And that was never Lincoln's, Bag. I mean, that was never his deal. Don't know what his belief system is. Right, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I I bet, I bet if you ask the players, like, it, you ask how how do you get players to talk about it? You say, you just ask them like, how different is it having a coach like Brent Venables that constantly, and you say preaches whatever, uh, you know his 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 system or what the foundation like is it. Have you ever been around someone before that it was like Brent Venables and that he's always talking about, you know, being better, you know, or working harder or giving more? Like, it's just a constant with him. And Lincoln was never that guy. We got to get away from energy because everyone, oh, he's got so much energy. We, we know that. 
it's, it's got to get beyond that it, to really be able to tell the story. It's almost as simple as like they just don't want to let him down. They, they haven't got to that point yep, where they... A little bit. Like, because of the relationship, because they've invested because in what they've seen. Because of how hard he works and they see it. A little bit almost. But not to say, like, again, like, it's not to say that I don't think that, like, Lincoln Riley didn't work hard either. It's just different, maybe? I don't know. Well, I really don't. I, I thought one of the most interesting things, you know, for all the, the stuff we see on social media and all the interactions and all that stuff... One of the most interesting tweets I, I've seen, or really, uh, you know, tweets, I, I'd say just any kind of social media stuff, was the Jaden Gibson tweet where he just tweeted a selfie of him and Brent, like, I know this guy cares about. You know, like, th- I mean, for all the stuff you could say that was a positive about Lincoln, you never saw stuff like that. And you hear it after the fact, like, we didn't really have a relationship with that guy. Like, he, you know, obviously Caleb did, Spencer Rattler did, you know, those kind of things. But the average guy on the team was not going to, to Lincoln and having conversations like that wasn't that. I mean, everybody you talk to, that was not the norm. So to see Jaden just in the summer kind of hanging out with the head coach, you're like, man, that, that's, I, I don't know what it means, but I think it's a, it's a sign of how different it is. And I, there's a lot of different ways to coach. I mean, like I remember after Bob retired, you know, we were just talking about him being more open and, you know, laughing more and stuff. And he was like, well, I couldn't be this way when I was a head coach. Like he knew he had to be a little bit intimidating. Like people had to respect him. So what he said uh, had, you know, some substance to it and people followed it. Like Brent's not like Bob, like Brent is more like, I'm just always going to show you what you have to do to be great. And I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to stay on you to always do it. Like, it, it, like Brent, I think you're right in, the, in when you say that people don't want to let him down. Like, yeah. The, it's just... It, it's also their personalities too, though, isn't it? Like, Bob's just that kind of grizzly... Ohio, like, they're both blue-collar guys, yeah. I would say. No, it's but Youngstown. Like, versus, it's a Youngstown yeah. versus... Brent's just definitely more... K-State. I mean, like, outgoing. Yeah. He's, a, he's a Kansas guy. Yeah. He's just, I don't know. I When you, like, draw those comparisons, they're kind of the same. I don't... It, it's just different. They have two different personalities and how they present themselves. Because, I mean, you would say, too, that like Bob was always like people would see those 30 second clips when he was getting into it with Hoover or whoever and be like, oh, this guy's an asshole. But in reality, it's like the other 27 minutes of that, you would have like little cut up moments where nobody would ever run those. It's just like it's just like when we covered Saban for the first time in a bowl game. Sure. Yep. It's like you thought. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this guy's going to be intense. Yep. Press conference. It's because the only thing you ever see is the moments when he goes after someone or goes on a tirade. But when you cover them on a daily basis, that's not really who they are. So, uh, all right. One person who's not going to Arlington tomorrow. This is, this is the only way I get back at Josh uh, for not letting <laughs> me go places uh, is Ryan King. He is, uh, I haven't turned your mic on yet, so just calm down. Um, he is uh, a new hire here at the, the uh, this at Sooner Scoop, and okay, I will bring on Ryan. Ryan, good afternoon to you. How's it going? Yep. See, it doesn't work. Hold on, I gotta turn. Yeah. Welcome, Ryan. Try that again. How's it going? Can you hear me? Yes. All right. What do you got for us? I mean, I don't really have. What, what do you want to know, Carrie? What You're should fired. What should I tell people? All right, I'll see you later. That was fun. That was a fun. That was a fun couple days. 
Uh, no, Ryan's been here hanging out the office. Uh, what if he didn't speak English? Just was like straight Spanish. Somehow we missed this in the whole process. That'd be awesome. I mean, that would be a hell of a hire. I mean, I'd be the first website to hire, not speak Spanish, and to hire a Spanish-speaking employee. I mean, could Spanish YouTube may be huge. We could really get some some yeah, bounce out of that. I mean, well, that's up to that's up to Ryan. Ryan, uh, <laughs> let's start thinking about that Spanish YouTube channel. All right, man, that that that'll be pretty short lived. I know about five words, so I don't think that can be that'll that'll help too much. I can try though. Ryan, uh, let's give people a little background. You were a okay. 2016 OU graduate. Graduated from OU in 2016. Worked in news and sports in Arkansas and Texas. Uh, TV's got a lot of great people in it. It's got a lot of great opportunities, but really wanted to get back closer to home, being from the Tulsa area and whatnot. Um, and honestly, just really lucky to be here with um, with all you guys, all very accomplished people. These guys here at Sooner Scoop are uh, pretty, you know, pretty ahead of the game and everything. So I'm just here to be the lackey. However, I can help behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, whatever. That's that's what I'm here to do. Just be the catch-all. Um, to promote you guys, honestly. That's that's my goal here. So uh, you guys know we've been building the studios and um, you've seen some pictures of it. We've got the, I, I tweeted about the control room last night. Uh, we were working on that yesterday. And Ryan, you were the sports director at CBS. Uh, I don't know the affiliate. In Lubbock. Letters yeah. in Lubbock, mm -hmm. Texas for, for how long? Total, I was there about five years. Sports director the last like two and a half or okay. so. Did that suck when they made you sports director? No. <laughs> none of it sucked in TV. Station none it. of it sucked in TV. No, it's just it's all it's all consuming. I mean, you guys have talked about how busy your schedules are. No, we have and, we have tons of respect for guys in the TV yeah. industry. I mean, our, our guy Nate Fakin. Ah, well, some of them just left. Uh, yeah, some of them. Yeah, I'm Nate, just Nate less so than others. He's but, a quitter. You know. He's a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, like you guys know how it is, Eddie. I mean, you're out shooting prospects all the time, and you run into those. T you run into TV guys all the time. But I mean, they've got to do OU, OSU. They get Thunder, run into the ground. High school, yeah. Run I mean, into the ground every night. I mean, you can speak better than anybody, Ryan. I mean, every night you're out there shooting something. It's always something. That's a much smaller place. The guys that do it here in Oklahoma City and bigger places, I honestly don't know how they do it because even in a smaller place like that, between high school, small colleges. Texas Tech, it's pretty all-consuming. What they do here between an NBA team, two Power Five teams right there, that's, it's honestly pretty incredible. You, you have to have a very deep passion to do it. And it's not as easy as a lot of people think. People think, yeah. oh, you work in sports, whether it's you guys, TV stations, whatever. Like, oh, it's a dream. I'd do it for free. You'll hear that every now and then. It's like, no, you wouldn't. And you would see, not. You could probably hear it in his voice. Um, he, Ryan is the furthest thing from a degenerate, so we had to hire someone <laughs> that was a good Christian oh uh, to come in here. Uh, we, well, we needed a good man. We needed we needed to balance the scales a little bit. Carrie keeps saying that like I'm some like saint and whatnot. Like <laughs> it's I feel like he, you like you retweet Bible stuff I, all the time. I I can I, I don't know if this is the the setting for it. I can just honestly say Jesus Christ has completely transformed my life from uh, throughout the years and everything. Um, and it is the number one thing I try to build my life on. It doesn't always work, but that's always what I try to go back to. Same. So you have, so. You have to stay off the boards for at least a week after this. <laughs> Reported for religion. So that's, um, so I just try to stay grounded with that. And then you have uh, your passions through that, passions for sport and whatnot. But Kerry always says that. He's like, oh, we're bringing him on to uh, 
because uh, we're all degenerates here, and I was like, man, I don't, I don't really know how much I can help. But actually, you know, I just needed. It a, was just surprising. I never got that. I just needed invitation. A, I, needed I never a, got that that personalized. Well, oh, uh, well, because you're Catholic and you know you're a cult. Well, that's wow. fair, but Jeez. and you're a terrible human being. Well, so there's, I, there's that as well. But that's no, we also needed, we different. also needed to balance out. We had too many Catholics here, <laughs> so we needed a good, good, you know. The non-denominational Christian to join us, right? Well, and, we, and and I feel like we're leaving Bob out of this because obviously, like, we needed someone to balance, like, to give Bob a fighting chance to not just <laughs> that we're not all going to slide we're in. We're trying uh, to make you better, Bob. We feel like you've been slacking, <laughs> and no. you're becoming too much like us, and so <laughs> we needed creeping we in. needed positive peer pressure for you. The, right. I, the last time I saw Bob, he was drinking whiskey out of the bottle. He was smoke. It was a whole thing. So you know, I, God tried rough, to destroy his digestive camp. system. That's what happened to Bob. <laughs> Absolutely. That's been six years now. I, I thought it was interesting though that Ryan told me during his time in Lubbock, he had started a uh, movement that Baker never deserved a scholarship <laughs> at Texas Tech, and he said honestly, probably didn't deserve one at Oklahoma either. No, I, it's tough to get people to join it, but yes, I'm, I'm, I've already been going up and down Campus Corner trying to get people to join that one. It's, uh-huh. it's, I'm in enemy territory here. But Did you cover the Baker? Uh, no, no, he was gone Peyton, before. Or, uh, Peyton, uh, I got there in game. 17. He'd already been here a couple of years and whatnot. Okay. But yeah, that's true. They don't like OU fans. They, they, Baker's another level. It's, it's another level down there. Oh, can believe you, me. I was, can was, you assure us that if there is graffiti on the Baker statue, you will be responsible for it? Sure. Okay, great, great. Just so everybody knows who to look to if that was ever happened. So we've got that on the record now. Uh, well, Ryan, uh, we, we're glad to have you. You're better than us uh, in so many ways <laughs> that we need, to, we need you here no. to shape us up. Uh, and so for all the people that are mad when Eddie and I say the GD word, we've made up for it, all right? We're Greg Doyle? Ryan's gonna be there Greg staring. Doyle? <laughs> You'll know no. it. He's in the room. Thinking the same thing. I really thinking. only say it when I get really mad about a topic, so or something just incredibly stupid. But uh, no, but just to kind of talk about like what you're doing here, mm-hmm. he really doesn't know because I'm very bad at explaining <laughs> what your job is. He just knows his job is to get our YouTube up and going. I've been making him watch a lot of uh, Paul Brother videos, so um, <laughs> that's true. He has watched quite a few of those. Yep. Um, yep. But no, it, I've been I making... I wondered why we're paying him in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you're going to be... A, you know, we have all these plans moving forward. Like, people... We had this... When the, when the pod failure by me happened, it turned into, uh, why the hell do you have an office? Like, Eddie really enjoyed that thread, by the way. It was just mind-blowing. Um, they would have. You would have had a better chance of me, like... Saying that, yeah, Lincoln Riley was probably right than agreeing with anything that was said in that thing. But no, I mean, a big part of, of doing this is having a guy like Ryan uh, that's going to help us, you know, get our podcast on YouTube, uh, produce more YouTube content, pre and post game content. Everybody knows we've been talking about NIL stuff. Uh, we're still actually working so hard on that that we might have some news pretty soon. Uh, major news on that. Uh, but you know how it goes. I mean, with all these NIL companies, it's hard to get it off the ground. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. Uh, and, you know, Ryan is another piece of that. And so he just started this week. You're engaged, by the way. 
I am. I am. Have been about eight, nine months or so. So that's that's going. Are you worried that the long distance relationship is going to tear this apart? I wasn't until this exact second. So now that'll be <laughs> now in there. You put the thought hey, you know there. What? That's fair. That's actually fair. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I appreciate all the compliments from you, Carrie. But I mean, all you guys, I appreciate you taking a chance on me and uh, all the nice thing you guys say. I don't think I really deserve most of it, but I appreciate. Like I, I expect to learn way more from you guys than. I can contribute or learn from you, but I just appreciate um, your guys, the loyal uh, fan base that, you know, you'll, they can be very passionate on those boards and everything, but uh, I'm very appreciative to be here. You guys taking a chance, very, very lucky and fortunate uh, to be here for, for sure. All right. Uh, Ryan, we were glad to have you. I'm turning your mic off now. Sorry. Um, you're done. Uh, <laughs> Go back in your corner. <laughs> uh, back to your videos. No, but we're glad to have Ryan uh, and looking forward to everything that's going to be coming out of the studios uh, once we get up and running and, and, and going further. So uh, I, I have to send out this because you guys want to know, did we beat Orange Bloods in the primeshrimp.com purchase off? Uh, and let me pull this up real quick. Uh, I was trying to get uh, an up a, a minute by minute update uh, by Davis Davis McCool best name ever uh, who's been on the board answering questions answering your questions uh, and that's been really cool uh, and you guys you won you destroyed Orange Bloods you Woo! massacred Orange Blood Orange Bloods uh, it was I'm trying to let me find the message oh, here can you say massacred in Texas in the same sentence <laughs> all right uh I guess they didn't. Not, it's not that's like it's, way too early. I'm just wondering. Right? I'm just wondering. Way too early. Uh, he said for the if uh, he said the record has been shattered. That was the term he used. All caps. Shattered. No, all, no. Damn. Just an exclamation point. I ordered all caps. Uh, this was at 8:41 a.m. this morning. 350 orders from PrimeShrimp.com on the 50% off special that uh, we had running. And Josh, I mean, he can tell you about this. Uh, but you know, we both have had the prime shrimp. They sent it to us a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but they've got all kinds of different styles: French Quarter Alfredo, garlic or butter, Louisiana shrimp boil, their signature sauce or signature uh, recipe, and just simply shrimp that's unseasoned. You just season uh, however you want, uh, and you just take these packets, you put them in boiling water, and in less than ten minutes, you have a restaurant quality meal. It's shrimp. It's healthy. It's good for you. Uh, if you're, you know, trying to do like a high protein diet, uh, you know, something like that, this is perfect. And it's, it's easy, comes, you know, right out in, in less than 10 minutes. And today is the final day. So it's Wednesday as we're recording this pod. The 50% off promotion ends today uh, with the code SOONERSCOOP. Uh, but I do want to tell you, if you've got your shrimp and... Uh, or you miss out on this and you hear this pod later, uh, you can still get 30% off your first order using the code SOONERSCOOP. Uh, that's primeshrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E shrimp.com, and uh, they'll send it right to you. Just use that, that promo code uh, SOONERSCOOP, and you'll get 30% off. If you're hearing this on Monday, you can still get that 50, uh, so go get it while you can. I know the pictures that they put up on the board and even the ones that I think they tweeted out as well. It looks awesome. Well, and they, they, we had the pictures on the Crimson Quarter of like their big shipping. Yeah. You know, they were getting all the orders out. I mean, just incredible. And Josh, you already, you already have dug in, haven't you? 
Yeah, I did uh, the Alfredo at one point last week when I was alone. And th- that's the thing. Like, a single order is really multiple meals. Like, because there's two packages inside of them. Right. One and of them is really a lot for any one person yeah. to eat. Like, that, yeah. that's that's a massive meal. Um, so, you're, I mean, you're talking in one package. I mean, you could, ha- you could divvy it up and have three or four, you know, dinners, lunches, whatever you're going to do with it. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's like I said, it's all really good, really fresh. Um, didn't have you know, Tiffany is kind of finicky about shrimp, and we had the signature edition the other day. I mean, it was fresh, it was crunchy, it wasn't, you know, like the you know, you get that shrimp sometimes out of season in the wrong places, and it's just not good. And I, I wondered if that's what this would be, and it's it's not at all. I, I was, I've been super impressed so far. All right, uh, so moving on, um, we've got. Uh, Big 12 Media Days kind of discussion behind us. Uh, should we dive right into uh, recruiting and everything that's gone on since the last time we potted? Because uh, a whole bunch. There's been almost lot, nothing. Yeah, there's been, been, been a whole lot slow. that's happened. And, and as we talked about earlier with Brent and his you know way of doing things, it's it. Josh, it seems to be paying off in in spades. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I keep telling people it's. One, I mean, the easiest way to describe it is half of Oklahoma's class came in about the last two and a half weeks. I mean, that that really kind of tells you all the patience talk that we and others were saying. I mean, it wasn't without cause. This this was going to be the run. This was going to be the time. And, you know, Bob and I have talked about this in other conversations. They're nowhere near done. I mean, Dalen Smothers is set to announce tomorrow. Uh, you know, you've got Derek LeBlanc not far away. Peyton Kirkland's going to announce on the 23rd. I, I don't think anyone should get too wound up about that. I think people are kind of reading the writing on the wall on that one. But, I mean, there are six, seven, eight guys that maybe, you know, before, honestly, before kickoff of the season could be on board. I mean, it's it's not hard to see. I there There's a very real world in which Oklahoma is going into the season with maybe four or five 2023 targets that they're really zeroing in on guys like David Hicks and Jordan Renaud and some names like that. And that kind of goes with the fact that Brent's philosophy isn't going to be massive official visit weekends during the season. So I don't they don't don't want to bring in too many un, uncommitted guys during that that part of the calendar. So they're going to do their their they've done their best throughout June, and then that last week of July it is so weird how that calendar works out. It's just one week, and you know OU's going to go as all in as they possibly can for a dead period happens in August. How's that last weekend starting to shape up? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because like you said, Bob, there are almost two separate visits visits that seem to be happening that week where Oklahoma seems to be having some guys coming in midweek. King Joseph Edwards, the big defensive end offer out of uh, Georgia that was there on campus when, um, when we, you know, we saw him at camp, uh, or I guess during OU's camp, Jaden Hardy, a rivals 100 defensive back, uh, that's at IMG, but is actually a Dallas area guy. Um, they're both, you know, they both confirmed me they'll be there on uh, July 27th, which is like, I believe a Wednesday. So there are some kind of turns there that are interesting, and it, it feels like you know with both those guys coming in that I, I would expect some other names. Maybe maybe Nigel Smith comes back up from Melissa. Obviously. You know, we all saw him at camp and what a priority he clearly is for Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates. Uh, And then on the 29th, I mean, you've got uh, one of the interesting stories that's kind of coming back. And, you know, I had put it in, um, oh, I can't even remember which article last week, 
that it looked like if Oklahoma landed Logan Howland and Caden Green, which they did, they were probably going to be largely done in 2023 offensive line recruiting. They were going to take those two along with Hayden, Ozida, and uh, uh, Josh Bates and be done. But I got word that Marcus Deal was going to come in on July 29th. I, I confirmed with a few sources, Marcus Deal is now seen as a defensive tackle target for Oklahoma. They, they've almost completely changed the way they're looking at him because he was kind of seen as an offensive line guy, but he'll be on campus on the 29th. Um, David Hicks, the you know probably Oklahoma's most highly rated guy, probably you know I guess is the most highly rated guy they're still really heavily in on, and probably has a chance to end up that way. Uh, he'll be on campus with his mother on July 29th as well. Uh, ben Minnick is a guy that we're expecting to come in. I, that may actually end up being an official visit. We'll kind of see how that goes. He's a recent offer at uh, the safety position out of Ohio, and the other one that I've confirmed and really am, uh, I have. I have seen some reports that this was going to be an official visit. Talking to the player himself, who is Tassilia Kana, the uh, big offense—excuse uh, me, big linebacker out of Utah, a Rivals 100 guy—that um, he had told me a couple of weeks ago this would be an unofficial visit. So, and then it was going to take his official in the fall. If Oklahoma can get him back on campus twice in the next, you know, three or four months, that's obviously huge for a guy that. A lot of people think if he picked today, he'd pick Oklahoma. And it's a sign of, you know, we've talked about guys like P.J. Atabare and some of the the work they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. But having guys like Akana, Hicks, uh, Marcus Deals, a Rivals 250 guy with a bunch of big-time offers, you start reeling those kind of guys. And, I mean, you're really starting to put something together on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, is, is uncommon. I mean, you know, if somebody asked me, the defensive line group that I picked a couple of weeks ago in the scoop is my, you know, predicted commitment class and said, you know, this is the best defensive line class since X. You know, they were just kind of asking me what I thought. It'd be the best defensive line class OU's landed in my 20 years of covering OU recruiting. Like, it's they have got a chance to close with a really, really special first group from Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis. Is that a coincidence or is it Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, and what they've been able to kind of put together what they're presenting is it a buy-in from what the defensive uh you know game plan or picture of what they're trying to build is or is it kind of a culmination of everything along with oh by the way the sec stuff doesn't doesn't hurt it either oh uh, the sec stuff helps and guys you know i don't want to be disingenuous and rewrite history at all I was a big believer in Calvin Thibodeau and Jamar Kane and thought that, you know, oh, you could have done a lot worse than keeping those guys there. Sure. Uh, so I, I don't want it to come off as, well, they're, you know, they weren't going to get any good guys. They would have. I, I completely believe that. What, you know, and it's, I think I was talking to you guys about this last night. It is so hard to compare Todd Bates to almost anyone else. I mean, there, there's it, it's kind of like Bill on the offensive side of the ball. There's very few guys that have that many – you know, was it? What are we? What are we? We decide? can't Skins say it. You can't say that anymore. Okay, okay. That, that have that much reputation with NFL production. Let's let's put it that way in in really bland terms. Um, but because most of those guys, when you have that level of production, you move on to a bigger and better job, which to some degree both have. But they are both still position coaches at heart. So I think when Todd Bates walks into a room and talks about the NFL guys he's produced and recruited and all these things it's really hard to say no to that. And it has a lot of credibility to forget that, you know, he's the guy writing poems to recruits and like has this 
almost kind of subsection of him that makes him interesting on a kind of different level. Uh, Miguel Chavis, obviously, you know, and I know Bob Bob mentioned it with Brent, and it's true with Miguel as well. The energy we can't keep talking about it forever, but it does resonate with these kids. I mean, they 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 love how active he is. You know, I was talking to PJ Atabare about it, and he was just saying, you know, these guys. Even if you're not, if you come to practice, man, you don't have it. You know, you don't have your fastball that day, whatever. They're, you know, Miguel is going to push you there. He's going to get the best out of you you possibly could give him that day because he brings so much energy day in and day out. And I, 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 I mean, it's not a coincidence. There, there's just no way you can tell me it is that the kind of class they have a chance to, because, you know, we're used to it, guys, where I'm talking about players at this time of year, like, oh, you've got a chance here. Oh, you guys got a chance here. And then as you get closer and closer to signing day, it feels like they're falling away. Like, oh, yep. okay, they they didn't get that guy. Okay, well they're gonna they're gonna take this plan B guy that's a good player and that kind of stuff. Now it it kind of feels almost the opposite. Like Jordan Renaud hasn't been to OU a lot, but I still hear good buzz there. You know, like Marcus Deal, a guy that we'd kind of all forgotten about. Now he's gonna show up in Norman at the end of July. Like there are all these guys that ha- they've been in on for a while that. You, you could kind of excuse a way that seem like they're only getting more interested in Oklahoma. And, and part of that's because of Brent's visit policy where they still got that official visit in tow for all of those dudes. They didn't waste them in the spring game and then hope to hold on months and months later. Like as many times as Hicks has been to campus, it's still not that official visit. You know when you want to bring that big gun out when you're trying to make that last charge. And it sounds like OU is going to be able to do that with almost every single one of those guys. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and, and that's part of it. Cause I know of at least one guy that was going to visit for the barbecue weekend in Oklahoma just said, you know, are, are you planning to decide at this point? And the guy was like, no, no, I'm probably waiting until the season. Well, cool. Wait till the season and take a visit. Like they don't want to be so far from your, your decision point that you've kind of forgotten what you love. They still want you to kind of have that glow when it comes time to make your decision and make sure they, you know, really put as good a package together at the right time as they possibly could have. And so I, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, that, that really is. I think that has been something it maybe has gone a little overlooked with all the other, you know, kind of changes in recruiting philosophy and the way they've handled things a little bit differently. The timing has been really good. Like, I think they've really done that well. And, you know, people will talk about like, yeah, I had someone ask me like, is this all orchestrated? You know, all these guys committing it. I don't think so. Like I, that doesn't feel to me at all. Like what Oklahoma is about right now. Like when you're ready, go. Like I, I thought it was interesting talking to PJ Atabare where he mentioned you know, Miguel Chavis was telling him, hey, man, if you know what you want to do, what are you waiting for? So it's not like Oklahoma won't, you know, put the pedal down when they need to. But at the same time, they're not trying to, you know, oh, hey, wait, wait, we're going to do it on this weekend. And, and that that was kind of cool when, when Riley did it. I'm not making fun of that. But that's just not how this staff tends to operate. It's not about clicks and social media and grabbing eyeballs and those kind of things. They want to... It's going to be a little more organic than that, but because all these guys took all these visits in June, July was just always going to happen. I mean, it was you know good or bad, you were going to see a lot of this play out. Were you surprised how I guess if somebody's going to commit, of course they're going to be bought in. But were you surprised how bought in? Like you wrote this week with uh, PJ, just talking about how bought in he was to the idea 
of, you know, more or less shutting down recruitment, being done with it as, as quickly as it was for him, as quickly as he blew up. Is it different for somebody that is so local and local meaning Kansas City as opposed to somebody that you might be recruiting? Like, will it be different when you hear this from somebody coming from Miami? And I guess as I say that, you have somebody that's committed from uh, Tallahassee, Keon Brown, Tallahassee, or Washington. I mean, yep. I mm-hmm. guess it goes either way. But was it different for PJ being? It's like, well, it's kind of a local kid. He's going to buy in. Maybe he's buying into somebody that you know. I'm sure sold the idea of growing up in Kansas uh, as Brent might have. I don't know. Am I asking that? Is that weird? How I'm asking it? No, and I know what you mean. And and PJ, to be fair, you know, like I, I get that most people will be like, "What's Eddie talking about? He's not. He's not a local kid." A, Kansas City is a pretty functional recruiting ground for Oklahoma. They've gone up there for years and done pretty well, especially when Brent Venables was on campus. And that that's a big part of it. Brent has a lot of connection there, knows a lot of the right people. And, you know, that's why they were in on this guy so early. And that's why, you know, why they really didn't miss a beat with Caden Green. I mean, like there are people there that know him and will speak highly of him. And obviously – you know, Caden Green's head coach, Jamar Mosey, knows Brent from when he played at Oklahoma. Sure. So, I mean, there, there are layers to it that do make sense. But I, I know what you're saying, Eddie, and I I think it's been interesting. Like, because, you know, I, I, I on this pod, on the board, anywhere you talk about it, I was like, man, I don't, I just don't love this policy. Like, I don't love it. I think it's, I think it's a little outdated. And I'm not saying that I'm, okay, I, I'm totally changing my stance on that. But I will say, I mean, they're finding the right guys and the guys that it hits the right note with. And I think that's important. And, you know, you mentioned it. PJ talked about, you know, I I could have taken a visit to LSU and I know I would have loved the visit and that would have been great and all, but it wouldn't have changed where I wanted to go. Like, I know what I want to do. So there was no point in, you know, why why belabor it? Why go through that? And that kind of goes with what I was talking about a few weeks ago. I think when the pod, it was just Carrie and I. Uh, I think it was when you were in Omaha, Eddie, and I, I mentioned there's a lot of guys talking to me about all these official visits that were taken in June and how the fatigue kind of built up. Guys were just getting tired, and it was, you know, because it's just people don't understand like the official visits from the minute your alarm goes off to the minute you lay down. I mean, like you are planned, uh, it is coordinated, you are somewhere, you are doing something, you've got to be on because you're talking to coaches or players or you know maybe some you know administrators at the school or professors or you know you're involved you're engaged in however OU or any other school is um you know however they've planned your day you have something to be to to be doing and I think for a lot of guys it just got exhausting and uh, PJ talked about being kind of a quiet guy kind of reserved and I wonder if that was part of it too it's just like man I don't I don't need to do this anymore I know what I want to do and so I, I think I'm just going to be done with this. But yeah, I mean, these guys all bought in. I mean, it, it, it's been, um, I, I, and it's, it's interesting because I, I looked through the group, um, that has, that did really announce last week with Jaquez Petaway, Caden Green, Logan Howell, and PJ Atabare. Those guys, I can't really speak to Logan, but the other three are all kind of guys, a little more introverted, a little more kept to themselves. And I, I think that is an interesting thing to follow is as they made this decision early and kind of went on with it. Um, the, the Keon Brown is, is a good kind of counterpoint because he did decide so quickly and hasn't really seemed to waver. I, you know, I talked to Keon a little bit. It all seems pretty good. 
Um, but that'll be interesting to follow. Like, does that hold up over time? Or, you know, does OU need to get him back on campus early in the season or, you know, do whatever they can? So that that's going to be interesting to follow. He's the one guy in the class that said, man, if I, if I had to pick somebody that you said, oh, you know, may, maybe he falls afoul of the policy or something, he might be a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, want to want to take a timeout real quick, and we'll get back to recruiting. Uh, but want to remind you guys, we're, you know, we're trying to dominate the uh, the hat game, the t-shirt game, all that stuff. One game we're not going to get into is the sock game because Dead Soxy's already won. Um, DeadSoxy.com, great partner of SoonerScoop.com. Uh, go to their website, d e a d s o x y dot com. Twenty five percent their entire uh, collection, no shows, boardroom, whatever. I'm sitting here looking at Eddie's. On cloud, I learned is the shoe on cloud. name, not absolutely. just on. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and you said they're your favorite new shoes, and they obviously are. you've got your no shows on because I see. Well, I can kind of see some. Yeah, they're good. There. They're good. So, uh, but for summer right now, I mean, uh, it's the best Ryan's golf air I conditioner went out last night. By the way, oh, that's great. Welcome to Norman. The squalor <laughs> he's staying in, uh, so he could probably use. I can see his socks. See, he's a rookie. Uh, we got to get him some no shows. Uh, Absolutely, from Dead Soxy. Uh, can't see my socks. I got a wedding coming up on uh, Saturday night. I'll be wearing the uh, the longer version. The there yeah, you the go. Boardrooms the underneath the uh, underneath the suit. Very nice. Uh, Probably sleeping them. They're ve- I mean they're like little clouds on your feet. They're they fantastic. Are. Uh, so go check them out, Dead Soxy. Use that code Scoop. You'll get twenty five percent off. When they, yeah, Scoop. Uh, 25% off. A lot of promo codes fly, floating around lately. Uh, but theirs is Scoop, S-C-O-O-P. You'll get 25% off your order, uh, and you will not be let down by these socks. They are fantastic. So deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code Scoop, 25% off. All right. Uh, did we determine if Drinkwitz also has to give back another year's salary for uh, PJ Atabare? Is that Did I say it right? Yeah, or just yeah, you know, you said it right. What what would he have to give back a year's salary? Oh, did you not see that message board genius thing where someone from one of the the, oh, the Missouri's not keeping keeping them home? They were mad about Caden Green. They said that Drinkwitz needs to give back his salary this year. Missouri fans are very uh, flip him back. I don't know if they're very bright people. Well, it was a free message. It was a free message. First off, yeah, there aren't really a lot of like. It used to be, Josh will remember this. I love the trips up there. Josh, I love Columbia. Columbia's great. Never yeah, been. Absolutely. It's kind of like a discussion I was having with somebody else, though. Like, we were talking about Stillwater and how fun it is. Uh, if you have a college town, you can have a good time there. It doesn't matter. Like, every college town is really good. That's the, like, the age-old, I guess not age-old, but it's just college towns are college towns. College towns are great. Yeah, they're awesome. That, and, and I'm not somebody that, like, looks down on Lubbock either. I love Lubbock. I love... Uh, the uniqueness of Morgantown. I'm going to miss those places when we go. That doesn't mean that I'm not excited to go to some of these new places. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're real upset about Oxford, Eddie. You know, I look that, forward that, to that Oxford. Like I, I literally all. dream about Oxford every morning, <laughs> Eddie's going every the night. Weekend before OU plays there just to take just it Just to stay in? in. Yeah. I can do that. Well, I mean, if Ryan can put if together Bonky a good... can put me up in a house over there. If Ryan could get some, some cameras to go with you, maybe you know, we can make some money off of We that. could probably do that. Uh, so radio would love to know that I'm doing that. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're getting ready to be a shirt mogul. You can do whatever you want. Well, they know that. That's what I'm saying. They don't have much of a choice. Uh, so no, but I mean the, the whole, the drink wits thing and the cane green, it's like, 
And that is it. I always find it funny that Missouri just won't like their fans just don't realize like where if, they stand. If Oklahoma is uh, good and they yeah. want a player that you want, Oklahoma is going to get that player. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's there, not, there you're are talking always, about there, an equal playing field here. Well, there's like three exceptions. There's Luther Burden, there's right. Doriel Green Beckham, and there's Jeremy Macklin. Those are really the and they're all wide receivers, mm-hmm. all from Missouri. Like I can't explain it. I don't know why it worked out that way, but with the way OU has produced NFL wide receivers and the way Missouri has not. Well, Macklin, they produced. I mean, no, I mean, Macklin, Macklin's a great player. I think Luther's going to be the best of the three. And L- Luther has a chance wow. to be crazy, crazy good. Um, but, you know, you take those guys out of the equation. Missouri receiver has been very mediocre while OU's still had multiple first rounders and the whole thing. So, I I don't know why it tends to play that way, but that is the one position that Missouri has stung Oklahoma repeatedly. Staying with Missouri, Josh, now that mm-hmm. PJ's in, is Edric Hill closer to being a Sooner, or is that still maybe more far uh, far off? I Well, it's a really good way to ask that question because I think it really depends on what his timeline is. If he's going to wait a little while, I think Oklahoma can really do something there. Um, I, you know, I know people kind of felt like he would be, I don't know if offended is the right word, but you know, they, they, they were a little slower than offering him in, in offering him than some other schools. And they didn't offer at the camp. They waited till, you know, a week after or so to finally make that offer. Still one of the strangest things about that whole deal. Um, but what I what I've gathered is there there was nothing like that. There was no resentment. Like I think they he liked that they were deliberate about it and were upfront with him about it. It wasn't a you know this or the, you know they didn't make excuses. He's like, hey man, we want to see more. You know, we want you to come work out. We want you to do that kind of thing. And he's the one. I mean, PJ mentioned it in one of the stories I wrote that that's the guy he's already been working on him. You know, he'd been talking to him for a while. I still think. Alabama is the betting favorite at this point in time. But, uh, you know, those two, there's a reason it makes sense. Um, And now that you have PJ in his ear and obviously um, uh, Todd Bates doing, you know, what we've already discussed Todd Bates is capable of doing, it makes sense. I mean, it's something adds up. I won't say that I'm ready to change my forecast that I've got in Frederick Hill, but it's possible. I mean, like, it's not out of the realm um, and I think as time goes on, the better OU's chances. Like it just, they have a little more time. A, like we keep talking about to, to fi- I mean, you know, let's say he goes into November, December, whatever. Well, OU has time to show him like, this is what we're doing up front. This is how it's going to be different. We're going to, you know, use you like this. It doesn't have to all be hypothetical, like, or, you know, like on a, on a, uh, not a chalkboard, but a dry erase board, like, they can show him what it's going to look like, and I think that becomes more appealing. And obviously, the chance to play with his buddy, because uh, we all saw, you know, the the day he came and camped, PJ came down a day early for his visit and just was hanging out watching Edric, hanging out with Miguel Chavis, and as gung ho as PJ is, he he's going to sell OU. So we'll we'll see where it goes, but OU's got a chance there. I mean, they really do. Did. I think that people realize what a big deal it was getting Kenny Green. Obviously, he's a top 50 player in the country, the highest-ranked guy that Bill Beanabo's brought in since uh, Bray Walker. But at the same time, it's it's so fascinating to me, the two parallels between Caden Green, who's this top 50 guy 
you know, possible borderline five-star guy. And then Logan Howland, who literally has started playing the position now. last year, like now, <laughs> doesn't even really have a whole lot of tape at playing offensive tackle. But the trajectory of both of those guys, it's like, I, I think the blanket statement when Logan Howland commits, it's like, if Michigan and Iowa want you to play offensive line, sign me up. Like, I don't need to see tape. I can I can just kind of go down that that path with you. Uh, and then with Caden Green, it's like, you know, you, you hear people talking. Josh, you've mentioned it a couple times. He's a guy that could come in and start from day one. It's just, it's kind of fascinating that both of those guys commit in back-to-back days when they're so far apart from one another right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're so different in their stories and like how they've gotten here. And Logan is a more traditional Bill Biedenboe kind of guy. I mean, that, that kind, you know, um, everybody will talk about Nate Anderson. The thing people forget is that Bill was also the first one to recognize, um, oh, the, the, oh, he ended up at Texas. Connor, um, ended up being a second round pick. I think of the lions. Um, oh, I can't think of his name, but he, he was a kid out of, um, Oh wow, this this whole segment's going really well for me. You North got, Dallas, I believe it. I, I can't think of I'm, I'm I believe just blanking. Connor Williams? Yes, Connor Williams. Good lord, I couldn't get there. Kept thinking Galvin, the kid from Baylor. Uh but yeah, he, he was Connor Williams, same deal, was a guy that was a tight end as a junior, started moving him over to tackle and beating both saw him early, offered him. I think if Texas doesn't come in, you know, OU gets him. And I, I think it was just a case where a kid wanted to go to Texas. He'd kind of grown up a fan. So I, it, he, you know, he ends up there. But Nate Anderson's another good example. Bill likes these guys. I mean, I, I know we have this feeling of him. And I think so much of it's tied to Orlando Brown. Like that he wants these big, monstrous, huge guys. And, you know, we'll, he'll work with them one way or another. And that's not to say he doesn't want those guys. But he likes, you know, you've got to move your feet if you're going to play in Bill's system and the way he does things. And I, I think Logan has that in spades. So he, he's going to be fine. I mean, he's a very athletic guy, really big, really long, played some defensive end, uh, you know, for the Hun school. So he's a guy that, I, like I said, fits more of the bill kind of mold, the kind of prototype. You know, we're going to work with you. We're going to develop you two or three years from now. You really might be a guy. Um, Caden, he's just so extremely talented, so big and so athletic. I mean, he's a guy that, I think the the kind of goes back to what we always talk about, Bill. He has some versatility. Like, say he goes to tackle, and either A, there's not a need, or B, you know, it, it it's just uh, it doesn't fit him, you know, for whatever reason. He has the body type. He slides into guard, and he's fine. Like, th- there's no problem there. He he's right. You know, I I've I have yet to see him in person. We will remedy that this season. But he's anywhere from about six four and a half to a little over six five from everybody I've talked to. So this is a guy that is not so big and kind of awkward that he's going to struggle kind of playing in the phone booth at guard. He can kick inside or he can play tackle. There's some Davin Joseph in there a little bit. Um, same you know same kind of physicality, same kind of mentality. Um, it's just a matter of can he reach those kind of levels? I mean, obviously that's a huge comparison. But I, I like his versatility. I like what he brings. So. These are, you're right, very different stories. But, uh, you know, Bill, I guess, was in the Bahamas last week (laughs) and had every reason. I mean, talk about living the good life. You reel in a couple of your biggest guys, and at the same time, you know, you're sitting on the beach drinking uh, Mai Tais or whatever it may be. It just seems like he's so much more. And, again, this is like one of those things, looking back on it, 
there's no way. And I don't know if he would even tell you, I don't know if he'd ever cop to it, but it just seems like he's so more reinvigorated now, like that Schmidt's back knowing how they're going to build the offensive linemen, being able to sell the idea of playing at Oklahoma toughness up front from Brent and his ideology just seems like, Lebby. yeah. And it, very much old, so yeah. being with an offense coordinator that kind of fits with what they want to do eye to eye. It just seems like, you know, you keep going back to this idea that if there's anybody that is a huge, huge winner of the coaching change, it's Bill Beanabo, if not anybody else, which is weird considering, you know, I, I think he gave serious thought to joining Lincoln in, in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, from talking to people, it's it it sounded like to me the biggest reason that got consideration is just because he wasn't sure he was going to have a job. Yep. Like oh, sure. I don't think my my impression talking to some some pretty good sources on it, I don't think he ever wanted to leave. Like I I, I think Bill, if he could make it work, would live in Norman the rest of his life. Like I, I think that is home for he and his family, and that's very important to him, and that. That's the vibe I get talking to people is that 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 is something he would like to see continue. And I I think you're right, Eddie. It only is aided by because Bill, I mean, guys, I mean, and we're not telling anybody that doesn't watch OU football, doesn't understand. Bill's a tough coach, man. He's not a guy that's going to accept mediocrity. He's not a guy that's going to accept half-assed effort like that. That's just not the way he works. And I think when you have a guy like Schmidt that is. I I don't know of a better way to say it than just almost going through mental warfare in the summer. Like, because, you know, what was it? It was an oboe that tweeted something about, like, he's not a, he's a life coach. coach. He's a life coach. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear guys talk about that. Like, it's not just, oh, this is heavy or, oh, it's hard to run this extra thing. It's teaching your brain that you can push through that. You can get to the other side of this. And I think that plays really well to the way Bill wants to coach and the way he wants his guys to think that hey in the fourth quarter we got to have a drive we're tougher than they are we're 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 more physical we're going to be better than they are and that and he kind of has you know it's um uh, another one of those things where you've got guys pulling in the same direction and i think that's what you get with schmidt and beaten but they're a they're a really nice fit for each other Dalen Smothers making his announcement on Thursday. Uh, I guess just you know obviously Oklahoma's in pretty good shape there. Uh, what do you see when you turn on the film? I, you see a guy that I I don't I don't know that there is a guy on campus that has some of the open field electricity that he has. Like I I, I think this is a guy that I think rivals has him a little undervalued. I'm a little shocked that there aren't more. Um, you know, like I, I'm a little surprised that Clemson's not a little heavier on him. Uh, some of the teams in that region that recruit North Carolina really hard. Uh, I'm a little surprised aren't more engaged there than they have been, but I, I love what I see. I mean, this is a guy and you see a lot of guys like this, um, that sometimes are dancing and making moves because either a, the competition's not good enough to keep them honest from doing it or B, they just you know, like that, that's just what they do. I don't see him with a lot of wasted motion. Like I, I don't see him doing things. He is constantly trying to get upfield. And I know that sounds really obvious and generic, but there's not that, um, it, you know, he goes by Hollywood and that that's of course, Oh, you fans are going to eat that up. But, uh, he is not one of these guys that you just see 
kind of bouncing around and moving laterally a lot. He does it, but it's about, I've got to get past this guy to get where I need to go. It's and, and he'll lower his shoulder if he needs to. He's more, he's more physical than I think people give him credit for. He's a tougher, uh, tougher guy with the ball in his hands, a uh, very skilled receiver. Uh, th- there's, I mean, there's really nothing Jeff Levy could want him to do that he can't handle. I mean, he, he's a very good back. I think he's a fringy top 100 guy. I, I like him a lot. Um, one of the guys, I, if we can make it work, I really want to get out and see this fall and kind of see him in person and get a better feel. But he's, a, um, he's an explosive back, uh, really a, a nice compliment to Caleb Hicks, who's just kind of a hammer, wants to get down hills, real violent with it. Um, I, I think he and Smothers are a really nice combo. It's got some, I, I won't go so far as to make like a mix and P Ryan comparison, but there, uh, there's that vibe a little bit where they, you've got one who's a lot of flash, a lot of elite talent and another guy that is just going to churn yardage. I mean, just picking up first downs for you left and right. I think we've exhausted all of our questioning to Josh McQuiston today. No, I've, I, I, I'm I trying to think of anything like more recruiting stuff, but I mean, it, Macari Vickers, Vickers, yeah, the top it, three, his top three yep. here recently. Uh, you know, guys, oh, you keeps hanging around in that thing. Like I, I, I have been very, you know, very much a doubter. But I, the longer this goes on, and the the more people I talk to, it's kind of like, I, you know, don't go to sleep on Oklahoma here, like that. I, I won't say that I've heard anyone be brash about it. Like uh, nobody I've talked to is like, I think OU's getting him. It's just a kind of like growing confidence. Like maybe something's happening here. May, maybe he's buying into the idea of he comes to OU and might be a starter from day one. I mean, he's that kind of talent. He, he has a chance to go in and win a job day one, especially, you know, if, if you consider the possibility of, you know, Woody Washington, DJ Graham, you know, some other guys in that secondary are gone next year. Sure. Uh, there, there's spots available to a dude like that. And I think he he could be that kind of guy as to where he knows if he goes to Alabama, I mean, at best, he's a, a role guy in year one. You know, that that kind of thing. That's probably the best he could hope for. So I, I think that's going to be interesting. And I, I know Michigan's involved there as well, but I think it really comes down to the two, you know, weird as it is to say, future SEC opponents. Um, and I, I, like I said, I would gauge, I would probably say it's like, you know, 60, 40 Alabama in my head, but that number for Oklahoma keeps growing. Like I, two weeks ago, I would have said 70, 30, 80, 20. Like I wouldn't have given OU much of a chance. OU's got a puncher's chance here. We'll just have to see where it goes. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a token finalist. Like it still feels for Troy, for Troy Bowles. That doesn't, that doesn't seem like that's going to work out. Going back to Vickers. I'm wondering what his relationship with Keon Brown is just because of that joke he made on social media when he mentioned, should I join Keon in uh, in Norman? Because that, uh, that coincided with his official visit. And when he was putting up the tweet with all the jersey photos, he mentioned, maybe I'll just join Keon. So I'm sort of interested where the link is and how, how tight those guys really are. And is Keon working it? behind the scenes i know that keon is to the degree of their relationship the problem is is keon and i have set up interviews at least four times since his commitment and for whatever reason they just don't come together so we will continue to work on that and that is absolutely a question i want to ask him 
But sometimes you just have to say, I don't know. And I, I just don't know how far that is. But obviously it's meaningful. I mean, like it's something that, that Makari keeps bringing up and that's, that's something, but you know, I mean, anybody listen to this pod that, you know, I'm always skeptical about that kind of stuff. Cause that's just not why guys do things. They love to talk about playing with their buddies, but very rarely is that why they choose something. Um, but you know, Keon, Keon just was so over the moon about OU so fast that maybe, you know, maybe, um, and then you, like I said, you talk about this run OU's on, you know, they're getting a lot of national headlines again. People are starting to notice the class coming together. All that is perfectly timed for Vickers who, what, August 27th, is that what he announced? August 26th? It was something like that. Anthony Uh, Evans is August 26th. That I know. I thought Vickers said something. Maybe I'm. I don't think he ever. I don't think he. It wasn't in that tweet. If if he talked to someone and gave a date, that's okay. But it wasn't in his tweet. Maybe that's what it was. Um, Because I want to say he did give something, but you know, either way, um, my impression is he is not far from a decision because I know. uh, Obviously, he's taken several visits. He he knows these places. I, I don't know that there's a lot of information for him to consume at this point. So we'll. We'll see, but um, I, I do. I think I think Oklahoma's making it interesting, and that's and that, you know people have asked me, you know, what's Jay Vlai up to? Obviously, you know, you talk about PJ Atabare being a huge kind of first real mega win for Miguel Chavis, and I know you know he closed last year with some guys like R. Mason Thomas um, and Cavante Henry, but this is you know this was him. Like there, there's this is all him. It, he's battling, you know, straightforward. It's not, you know, he's trying to beat some some smaller schools that maybe have been in with guys longer, that kind of stuff. This is a straightforward win, and I think that's what Jay Valai has a chance to do here with Macari Vickers and landing, uh, you know, one of the more highly rated corners OU would have landed in, you know, the last 10 years. I mean, there's not many rivals 100 corners that have picked OU in recent memory. All right. Uh, I would say... Um I added nothing to that, which is... <laughs> you got to enjoy that. Yeah, I, just I, chill. Just, just top it just, off by picking Oklahoma to win the national championship <laughs> for the next five years. Every is, year, they're not losing a game. It is kind of interesting, I mean, with Brent being in charge, because he really is responsible for the one of the biggest modern-day last-minute flips in Corey Nelson. I still remember uh, I was working at uh, Sports Talk when that happened. Really? Like running the boards, yeah, in college. I mean, like Orlando Brown was very unexpected, but it yes. was kind of like it just it fell, wasn't it a flip like it was, exactly. It, it just like, hey, yeah. you're not going Tennessee; they're not taking them. Was that bit was the Corey Nelson thing bigger? And I guess it was different because he was a Texas kid. But was that bigger than Broyles flipping, or was that uh, different well, because that was a Norman kid? That the Broyles was, thing happened the night before, didn't it, Josh? Yeah, it, it was. I mean. That's like I went back and read one of my old articles just trying to refresh myself because I'd, I'd had this conversation not long ago. I had forgotten that Ryan didn't just like, oh, okay, I'm committed. Okay, I'm going to decommit from Oklahoma State. He flipped several times leading into signing day. Like he, he flipped to Oklahoma, then he flipped back to Oklahoma State. And then I think at that point he stopped. He was just like, okay, n- nothing more here. I'm not going to do anything else. And then the night before he finally came out, and I, I think, uh, not, not, you know, well, absolutely to toot my own horn. I'm pretty sure I broke that news with Ryan as we sat down and talked about it. Um, but he was, that, that kid, that, 
the last week he really went through hell and back. Like th- there was yeah. a lot of people pulling at him and you know, it, it, I, I get it as a 17 or 18 year old, I would have felt the same way he did. Like, why did you guys wait so long? Why, why did this take so long? I'm from Norman high, you know, you could have done all this. And I, I think he had to wrestle with that. Like that was almost a, a pride conversation. Like, do I care? Does it matter that at the end of the day I got what I wanted kind of thing? So, um, but I, the always the funniest thing about Ryan, like a lot of Norman high guys, we've talked about it before. Ryan grew up a Texas fan. So like the idea that like, Oh, he just a lock for OU was never the case. It, it was always kind of an interesting thing to follow. So I guess we, I, I guess in the Stoops era, be on, going on, moving on from, from the beginning of the modern era, as we call recruiting, the Stoops coming in to where we are now. Biggest surprise on signing day, I, I'd say Corey Nelson. Biggest disappointment on signing day, Robert Meacham forever will be. Right. Oh. <laughs> and Man, then, I never have to relive a day like that ever again. That was the worst. So do I we, think nowadays it would be a lot more fun for holy you. Holy shit, if that happened nowadays. Uh, I'd be like, drinking in the afternoon. I'd be praying for rivals to crash. I'm like, just crash. Just bring it all down. I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. If I, I mean, but that is, I don't remember. It, is that it's never happened really to OU, has it? A high profile. Like the other flip, way around? Yeah. Got flipped. Well, I get, I think, I think, uh, nowadays it seems like the only guys that pick against OU are the guys that like just put it on the, on the, like the OU hat on the table. Right. Just, just yeah. that. It's but, like but one you of those. Know. It's like, you're, he's not coming to OU. Right. Exactly. I think the closest thing might be Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that, I mean, that was, that was it. Right. But we kind of knew Josh, it was coming. that biggest disappointment? Right. Because yeah. he did switch I, before. I, I think, I mean, in, not to mention <laughs> that he would have been an absolute star. Yeah. Right. Like, I, and I, linebacker I don't think recruiting any... was hurting so right. bad then. Well, it's just crazy to think that he could have been paired with Kenneth, Kenneth Murray. Murray. I know. That's your two yep. inside linebackers mm-hmm. for three years. Like, and it would have just been so weird to watch Kenneth do what he did and become the guy when he was largely over. I mean, because Kenneth wasn't even at um, the Army game. You know, when I ran into Jacob and Levi Draper and all those guys that, that year where there was a lot of Army guys. Uh, for OU, I mean, Broyles. Uh, Barnes. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a big contingent down there. And Kenneth was, he was a good four-star player. I mean, no no one saw that coming. So, I mean, there there is something to be said for these guys. I, one of the bigger signing day wins that I think we forget about because of, you know, the, the misfortune of his career is Jeremiah Cradell. That was huge yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. getting him out of modern day. I mean, that was such a big win. Oh, you'd never really gotten anything done there and there i mean there are some beat there, oregon there are some like really big like indictment losses like justin manning no oh, that i mean that, I that felt like godfather music that. playing for jackie ship like you're like oh okay this is <laughs> that this was is pretty all much the beginning like of the we, end for jackie end. ship yeah i mean that's why i say indictment loss mm-hmm. like that basically cost a man his coaching job it is yep. interesting that we talk about like all these like you know misses or whatever and like i guess because you talk about jackie ship and it was like that was the signaling of the end of times it was kind of the signaling of the end of times for tim kish right with jacob phillips, phillips. Yeah. well he got deshaun white next year sure but at the same time it it's such a flip from what it has been defensively. It was, when, still, it was still just piecing together linebackers. Like sure. You were never just getting 
two guys at a time that were elite talent. Yeah. But it's, it, it's uh, so different talking about it now that you have a guy in Brent Venables who, like, that's the identity of the program, trying to yeah. build on the defensive side of the football. But, you know, at the same time, you still get your handful of Jackson Arnold, who won the MVP at the Elite 11, or Jacquez Pettaway that, you know, is obviously a very extremely talented wide receiver. And going at it against Cook. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think that's the thing. That's the thing, probably, that's going to take some time for, you know, fans to kind of realize, like, how much that's changed at linebacker with Brent. Like, well, I'm interested to see like how Knack and McKenzie that made an impact. And once those guys now, get out there and yeah. they start performing, and you Panic, have something sorry. on tape that you can go show, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what the the process is. This is what it's going to be. This is kind of the foundation of what we want this defense to be. It'll be interesting to see how much of a bigger bump they, they get, you know, even over the next three, four years. And then when they make the move to the SEC, whenever that comes. Guys, another big one was Caleb Kelly. People sure. forget that yeah. like that was all OU for a long time. And then Notre, Notre Dame, Dame yep. really made that close at the end. I mean, I remember talking to him the night he signed, you know, it was signing day night. And we had like a 45 minute conversation. It was a really long talk. And Caleb talking about, almost being in tears when he thought he was going to have to tell Mike Stoops he wasn't coming. You know, like he got to that point, like where he thought it's going to be Notre Dame. I, I can't believe I'm going to go to Notre Dame. And, you know, OU came out, talked to him and his mom and, you know, really saw, you know, kind of solved the riddle, but it was, I mean, people think like, Oh, that was, that was not lip service. That was very scary at the end. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, baseball? Draft? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, draft, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot to or get into. Or should we just uh, get into it when the selections are made? We can get weekend. into it next week. I mean, yeah, I, it's it's all fun. kind of out there. Kate Horton's the number. I think just off D1 baseball right now, Kate Horton's the number two right-hander in the draft. What does uh, that mean in terms of where he could be picked? I mean, I think he's going to go first round. For, I, yeah, like I, like, I, I like mid-first? I, I, I listened to a, a, a couple of the uh, Jim Callis and Jonathan yeah. Mayo, a couple of the MLB, MLB guys draft that were line. talking about it today. And they were projecting him somewhere between like 17 and 26 in yep. the first round. Like they, yep. they think he's that kind of range. And with what he – you know, and I will say they've talked about this. Guys like him are a little hard to predict. Because when you make a big run like that, you never know who might get caught up in it a little bit. Like, holy, did you see that guy? You know, against A and M. Like, we we're not gonna we're not gonna screw around and miss out on this guy. So somebody might fall in love with him and take him sooner than that. But they're like, that's kind of the comfortable range, is in that seventeen to twenty six. And you know, uh, again, and Eddie could speak to it better than me. But I mean, that that's he's also major league draft is so different than almost any other draft because. There's all these other considerations. It's not just, um, you know, best player or we got a needed starting pitcher or we like college pitchers. You know, what's his bonus going to be? Will yeah. he leave? You know, like it's not like the others where you know they're gone. They're, they're committed. It's going to be the best contract they can get is what they're going to take. Like they know, that, and that's going to hurt him a little bit, I think, in that there's a very realistic chance he comes back if, if it's not the right situation. So, uh, you know, I, I like I said, Eddie could talk more to that side of it, but I think it's it's interesting when that consideration has to be thrown out there because it's not as straightforward as you know the NBA or the NFL. It will be interesting to see like would a team jump at like I'm just throwing out a number I don't know like 15 and then just overpay him for the slot value. 
Yeah. Uh, I, because I think that's more common now, especially in the first round. You can, because mm-hmm. you have that, you just have that pool of money now, as opposed to saying this, this X amount of money has to be paid at this slot. Yeah. Is, is there, well, is, is there anyone like to keep an eye on? Like if you see them get drafted a certain position from like, uh, from the recruiting class or from, uh, guys coming in either I'll, or I'll. I, I think Jimmy Crooks is somebody that's going to be really interesting just for, as far as, you know, I think if he's drafted in the first four or five rounds, he's probably gone. If somehow, some way he ended up dropping, uh, I think he'd pro- he, he can come back to school. Blake Robertson's also in that mix as far okay. as guys that, uh, you know, could come back depending on where he gets drafted. I think that it's – it. I don't know if they, like, go hand in hand, but with Max McGuire ending the transfer portal – I think there was a lot of people around Norman that felt like they kind of insinuated, you know, if Blake's coming back, you know, maybe you want to take a look around. His brother had uh, got out of his letter of intent. Uh, The one good thing for Oklahoma is I think that, like, the transfer portal has been extremely good to them, starting with Kevin Nevin. They have another kid coming in from Baylor uh, that, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily public. We've talked about it on the board. Uh, And then, you know, a couple other transfer portal guys that I think they're still very active with and bringing in so it's it, it's not a coincidence that you make a run to the national championship <laughs> series and all of a sudden guys want to come play for the program all right uh i will say a little uh side business here uh we're headed to arlington but i'm told friday the unofficial 40 uh t-shirts will be in they look great Both styles. i'm excited to get those out People yep. and haven't seen those. If you online. can get any from eddie carrie and myself good luck to you uh, I, th- I think we're going to buy out the first round and then you can have the next uh, those will be up uh, on the website, I would say, uh, this weekend. Uh, once I get them in and get them photographed and everything, uh, I will make make that a big priority. So I'll get those up within the day, within a day, 24 hours of us receiving them. So I'll get them on Friday. Should be up this weekend. Go to uh, Shop Sooner Scoop on Twitter. That's our official uh, Twitter uh, handle, I guess, uh, page for our shop. And... Uh, Still got lots of hats. Had some uh, folks come in this morning and buy a few hats that were visiting from out of state. Uh, so I don't know. We I've, I've kind of discussed this. We might do some pop ups here and there. I mean, maybe we'll do something on game days this year. I haven't really decided yet. Well, um, I think before the season starts, I definitely want to do something in Oklahoma City. Just as far as I don't know if it's like going to be a bar meet and greet or just hanging out at the Jones for an hour. Uh, you know, on like a, a Friday night or, you know, Thursday night or something. We Maybe need to kind of plan that. Yeah, we can do whatever. Oh, that'd be it, awesome. it doesn't matter. Uh, but we'll, we'll do something. It's going to be before the season starts. I would say sometime mid-August. I Social mean, chairman. We need, to, we need to get this. We need to, I know that we always say that we're going to do stuff uh, like this, and then we never do. But I want to do it before kickoff. Now we have stuff to kickoff. pawn off on people. So we have. I want to make money off of people. Motivated right. We're going to run into high school scrimmages right. here. <laughs> we're starting our high school scrimmages. We'll, go, we'll our, go drink afterwards. We're starting our shrimp shop here next week, too. Absolutely. Uh, no, we won't do so. we're, we'll, just we'll just have, have Eddie out there cooking for you on a grill. We can do that. Beautiful. I can do that. And I will say, I know that people like uh, as, much, as much shit as people were giving you on the board, it, it is exciting to kind of see this thing coming together in the office so it looks great i think i mentioned that it, you're hard to impress but every time you come here and i've done something I just, new, i'm not hard to impress i, I like, just don't compliment it's like it, you light up a little bit and that rarely happens you don't tell people what's going on eddie doesn't tell you you've done a good job those, <laughs> those are the two realities of you two 
It's just known and understood. I look when you pick up the phone, I tell you what's going on, Josh. <laughs> See, similarly fair criticism. I, that that is accurate and fair. So I got you. I just told you what was going on this morning. All right, you I did. You and you, you picked did. up, and I gave you lots of information. I, I a lot of good stuff on the way. I'm excited. All right, uh, but yeah, uh, SoonerScoopStore.com. Go check it out. Uh, those will be up this weekend. We got some really exciting stuff on the way too. Uh, the Eddie Radosovitz collection. Oh, it's I'm excited for a couple of week. these. Uh, been working on it all week. That's that's soon to come as well. So I'm excited for those to come. Uh, I, I just want to say the like red them. on gray. That that's that, that, that's just, the one. That's all I'm going to say. The that's, one. The one. That's, that's the one. That's the one. That's the tease. That's the one. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week. We're headed to Arlington. We'll. Uh, Recap everything that happened uh, when we get back uh, next week. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.